It is. It's me. It's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son-of-a-son-of-a-salesman. Welcome to episode 24. If you've joined us before, you know what we do next, and if not, come along for the ride. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary person, Jimmy Buffett's African friend. This podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in Fact, names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. As I said, welcome to episode 24. So for anyone joining us or rejoining us after missing a few episodes, there are games hidden in this podcast all the way back to episode 1. One of those games involves using the information from the travel segment to determine where my home casino is. As of this episode, my home casino is still Casino 2. One person, the Golden Fan, managed to figure out which casino out of the hundreds of casinos in North America that label refers to. And she became the first member of the Casino Combat Inner Circle. And we're in the process of getting her a custom polo as a prize. If you'd like to join her, email your guesses to me via trg at casinocombat.com. Of course, you need to spell combat with a K. Also, scattered throughout the podcast, we have POP, P-O-P, culture references, that we call casino chips. In the VIP lounge at the end of this episode, I will tell you how many I think you can find in this episode. Find all of them, email them to me, and we will build a wall of fame in your honor on the website and let everyone know you were the first person to find all the casino chips in this episode. Look, let me take a minute. I want to keep T-Rex and Billy with the great last name happy. Um, and I want to do that because, honestly, they put in a lot of work. And, and they take care of a lot of the stuff behind the scenes that I don't really know how to do. <laughs> so, look, we're active on all social media platforms. Uh, the links are at the top of the Casino Combat website. Uh, do the likes, the follows, the shares, the subscribes. If, if the platform you stream on has an opportunity for reviews or stars or ratings or rankings or other ways to tell people that maybe they should listen to this podcast, We'd appreciate if you'd do those things. It'd really help us. Finally, I'm really proud of the unique content we have on YouTube. The Boot Camp playlist is short lessons on different aspects of the core concepts. In less than 90 minutes, without the jokes and without the side stories and without the funny, it's this one time I did this thing and then this happened, I teach the basics of good casino gambling. And we do that on the YouTube channel in the Boot Camp playlist. Oh, by the way, we spell Boot Camp with a K. Um, I'm not going to do a core concept this week. Um, I, I think the casino wisdom I have for you is just that important. And not only is it that important, but this is a casino wisdom that I learned to appreciate as a result of doing this podcast for all of us. I did some traveling to a new set of casinos this past week and had some difficulties and I have some observations. And so we will do that, of course, in the travel section. If I don't share the results, how do you know it works? Of course, in the VIP lounge, we will have the number of casino chips to be found in this episode, but also a story I enjoy about knowing and using a casino's procedures to solve a situation. And okay, yeah, maybe you're going to say it's a little bit of a humble brag. Um, maybe, we'll see. 
I'll get to that casino wisdom in just a minute, but first, a great casino song, probably the greatest casino song of all time, The Gambler, by the late, great Kenny Rogers, was playing when I entered a casino this past week. Look, I mean, I love the song, you love the song, it's a fun song to sing along with, and I can't comment on poker specifically, it's not something I really do, but I'm sorry, there's a piece of advice here that we really need to consider and refute as it relates to casino combat. Look, I assume you all know the hook, which used to be called the chorus. Ready? You gotta know when to hold them. Well, very true for casino combat. And know when to fold them. Also true for casino combat. And admit it, Kenny is actually singing in your head right now. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Okay, also true for casino combat. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Hold up, hold up. Wrong, wrong, wrong. With all due respect to Mr. Kenny Rogers, which means I'm now going to say something disrespectful, right? That's how that works. You say, okay, with no due res- with all due respect, but what you really mean is I'm about to be disrespectful, and I think I am. Look, you better be counting your money after almost every hand at a casino table game, or you need to have the chip stacked so you know how much you have just by looking. Again, maybe in poker it's different, but for casino combat, What you have, what you have won or lost at the table so far are key facts that lead to success. If you are not counting your money at the table, in my opinion, you are doing it wrong. Sorry, (laughs) it's been bugging me for just a little while. Um, Don't let Kenny Rogers be your gambling coach. Enjoy his music. Enjoy his wonderful career. Some of his gambling advice is a little sketchy. (laughs) Okay. Um. Hope that was fun for you, too. Next up, Casino Wisdom. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's explore this in more detail. I want to talk today about Casino Wisdom number 99. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your gambling. Look, this is a little backwards for a Casino Wisdom, right? Ideally, The action comes after the observation as the result of experience. But there's an exception to every rule. A side hustle is a business. Otherwise, it's not a side hustle, it's a hobby. At least that's how I'm seeing things, right? In fact, my little riff on the song, The Gambler, is this wisdom at the micro level, at the tiny, tiny, at the level of the table. If your side hustle is casino gambling... And sitting at a Baccarat roulette or craps table, you are not counting your money. You don't know your numbers and you don't know your gambling. But I want to talk about this at a much, much, much more macro level, at the big picture level, actually at the level of the month. So as a result of doing this podcast, over the past four weeks or so, I've developed a fairly simple but detailed spreadsheet that is the numbers for my side hustle. Those notes that I've been taking since I started this podcast now get entered into the spreadsheet at the end of the visit. And honestly, it's transformative, at least for me, in in a lot of ways. Let me take you back 
pre-pandemic, pre-podcast, I'd enter casino with the right bankroll. I'd play using the strategies that I share here with you. And when I finally finished up and left the building, I'd count up the money in my pocket and determine a profit after expenses or lost and spent amount. And I'd make a mental note of what the outcome was. And at the end of the week, I'd kind of go, I did this on Wednesday and Monday and blah, blah, blah. And I'd go, okay, well, it was a good week or it was a bad week. And I'd go, okay, you know, first week of the month, that was a good week. And then at the end of the month, I'd kind of go back through it. And yeah, I basically knew what had gone on. I had a good sense of it. Um, but I knew everything worked because I was putting money in the safe way more often than I was taking money out. And I was taking care of family needs with winnings you know, on a fairly regular basis, and my family and friends were enjoying the comps and the gifts. I knew it worked. I'd proven it to myself. What doing this podcast has shown me over the past three to five weeks is that this was amateur hour compared to what I should have been doing. Even when I started this podcast, I was taking better notes. I was making notes on exactly what comps we got, exactly what gifts we got, what we received, what what were the free bets, what were the match bets, slot play, I was noting all of that, but it was just notes in a notepad on my phone. It wasn't a unified set of data. It was just something I could kind of scroll back through, and then I could use it to write the recaps at the end of the month. So look, things are still a work in progress, but I am now tracking things, not at the building level, but at the table level and the machine level. So for example, I know not only how much was won or lost at each table, but the running total for table games for the month. And that's available just by looking at the spreadsheet. I know how much we've received in free play, how much we won using that free play. I know how much we have won or lost playing slot machines using my strategy for the month. I know what gifts and comps were received during each visit and an approximate value, which means I always know exactly how much we have won or how much we have lost and if the value of the comps and gifts offset a loss in a meaningful way. And for me, this is just, I, I come back from a trip, whether it was a, a, a one table visit or a five table visit, because Mrs. TRG was with me and I got some of her tables in the mix. And regardless of, kind of how I feel about it, I know to the penny exactly what happened. And I know exactly where we stand. You're going to be hearing about a rough week of traveling. So I got home from the worst part of it and I felt like I'd lost a good bit. I felt like I had driven the month deep into losing territory. In fact, as I entered the data in the spreadsheet, the month was still positive. At least positive over the three pieces of gambling income, table game slot play with our money, slot play with house money. One of my goals for my gambling, the reason I created so many of the things I teach here, is to limit the influence of feelings and emotions on gambling outcomes. This casino wisdom is another aspect of that. Across several weeks, even with a great memory, it's, it's easy to, air quotes, feel one way. When in reality, if you crunch the numbers, it's very, very different. And I'm finding this information so useful that even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would still keep these records exactly this way or in the way that I'm constantly modifying. So exactly the way I'm doing it now or maybe the way I'll do it in a month from now after I learn more, I guess. <laughs> um. But if you're thinking, wait, TRG, that's way too much effort. That's going to spoil my fun. I'm going to say, really? I mean, really, you don't have two minutes when you exit the table or a slot machine to record the results on a note? I mean, 
I'm going to guess that you get up from a table or walk away from a machine and you check your text messages. Maybe you check to see if you've got any voicemail. You're looking at your social media several times an hour during a casino visit. Look, I'm old. I really don't use social media that much. I do all that stuff. If I'm doing all of it, I'm guessing most of you do it too. And I got to think that if you're, if you're not casinoing only for fun, completely valid way of casinoing, but if you're casinoing as a side hustle, you can make 10 minutes when you wrap the trip to sit in front of the computer or a tablet or even a tiny spreadsheet on your phone and record what happened. I played at this table. I won or lost this much. They gave me this much free slot play. I played it. This is how much I took out. Run that stuff down for a couple weeks, folks. You're going to be really surprised at how much better you get at all of it. So obviously I'm encouraging you start taking notes on your results and then putting that information in a spreadsheet when you leave. You and I will probably track different things. And in my case, I've been adding things to the list and, and, and tracking more and more things as I go through the month. But next month, I'll have a much better look at things from the start of the month forward because I'm getting better data now. And I'll enter the new year with a solid new tool for success. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your gambling. And all it takes is a little discipline to know your numbers. As I said, I got to see some new casinos this week. The results were a little rough. And we can sort that all out in the travel segment. Okay, so about two and a half hours west of me, there are three casinos all within a few blocks of each other. More importantly, one of them recently transitioned and became a My Choice property. And there's an MGM property there with the most amazing hotel rooms. These properties have been open for more than a month, and I've been wanting to get there. But the pandemic rules have occupancy so limited in the hotels that, that it's been difficult. In looking at the week, holiday plans for the next week, children's travel plans, I was able to get a comp room at the MGM property for the start of the new casino week. Sunday night. Uh, I did a quick kind of mini casino route here, folks. Been talking about this um, the, the last episode or so. Uh, the idea that you kind of have paths as you move from A to B and you go by casinos that you wouldn't have intentionally driven there, but it's, it's worth stopping by to get whatever the free stuff is. So stopped at my local casino, had a small amount of free slot play and an electric indoor grill. And I've actually used it a couple times so far and I wouldn't have bought one, but I'd buy one now. They're great. I really appreciate having it, especially as the weather's getting colder here. So there's a My Choice property on the way on this path. Um, it's about two hours west. I've been there a number of times. We've got some family in the area. So I stopped there for some free play. Again, not enough to make a two-hour drive, but enough to make a 15-minute detour. And that's where I see the value in building these casino routes. As I said, I've been to this casino probably less than once a month for the last four months or so, but I always have free something waiting when I'm driving by. So I journeyed on to the My Choice property near the hotel where I was going to be staying to grab some My Choice points, but more importantly, to show them some action so they will start sending me comps. Look, I talked about this some in the first few episodes back when I started all this, but this is kind of always the way it works in my experience. If you've not been at a property for a while, you need to earn some points. You need to show them some play. Ideally, you need to win some money. But even if you lose some money, 
you start the process. You start that snowball rolling down the hill at that property. And then a few months later, you start seeing the offers sent your way. And the offers keep coming and coming. And you just keep stopping back to enjoy your offers, enjoy the free hotel room, enjoy the, the comped or partially comped meals, etc., etc. And while you're there, you earn points. And those points mean that two months later, they'll send you more free stuff. That's the way casino combat works. That's what we're trying to leverage and take advantage of. Ultimately, post-pandemic, um, this is a great property for us to enjoy on the weekends. So anyway, as I got out of my car in the parking garage, it was a case of if you smell any smoke, we just blaze in with luck. Smell of cannabis really, really strong and a fair amount of empty liquor bottles scattered everywhere. Uh, not how I remember things from years past. Um, I'm assuming struggle and pandemic related, but it was a little post-apocalyptic. Just a 5% post-apocalyptic. Let's say it that way. Um, so another pandemic first, there were three security checkpoints for entering the building. First one, name address, phone number, email address, in case they needed to do contract tracing. And then you made your way down a hallway and they had somebody taking your temperature and doing a medical questionnaire. And then you kind of wound your way around some more and they did an ID check and an age verification. And now I'm not picking on anybody. Everybody's got to approach things their own way. I don't know all the rules, but wouldn't you do the age and ID check first? I mean, why write down people's information and then take their temperature and ask them a whole set of questions and then go, oh, you're you're only 19. We're not letting you in anyway. It seems like it would have been more efficient to do the other way. Probably stuff I just don't know about the layout of the property. Um, casino itself was fine. In fact, this is the first place I've been that had the full plexiglass enclosures uh, plexiglass between the players and the dealers with just a little pass-through, plexiglass between uh, between the players, um, which led to the fist bump through plexiglass, which is also different and fun. So after I'd looked around a little bit, I played one table, one just a little bit less than a day's pay, um, but mission accomplished. See the place, understand the process, decide if it's someplace I'd want to bring Mrs. TRG back to for the weekend now, or if maybe we'd be better off waiting. And hopefully I played enough that I start to see some some uh, some love coming back from them toward me. So from there, I go on to the MGM property where I have the room comp waiting. Normally when I arrive at this property, I valet my car and you walk right into the hotel lobby. COVID protections, right? Precautions. Everyone needed to park in the self-serve garage. And the route to the hotel lobby involved this really kind of convoluted maze of barriers telling you where to walk and four checkpoints. Um, the, the same three, I mean, same state, makes sense. Same, same three checkpoints as the first property and then an additional checkpoint to get into the lobby of the hotel and you needed to pro provide proof that you had a reservation, which in my case was Here's my ID and player's card, and the gentleman looked through the list and said, there you go, sir, you're on your way. Look, as I said, the rooms here are amazing, wonderful, just for a basic hotel room, completely top shelf. After the drive, after multiple casino visits, it was a great little oasis, kind of away from the casino to regroup, sort things out after the drive, confirm my notes, and then get back in the action at this property. So as I get down to the casino floor, there's the next surprise. Table limits are all $35, which is just a strange number from my experience. Maybe other places, maybe I just haven't been the right places. Normally in North America, 
maybe you see 10. You're probably seeing 15 unless it's a really, really high-end place pre-pandemic. 25, 50, 100, 500, 1,000. That's normally the way the math goes. That's normally the way the limits go. So $35, which is just weird. But I had a bankroll with me, particularly with the little win. I, I had plenty of cash to kind of reconfigure and, and, and use the higher table limits as my unit size. Um, but I'll tell you, it did mess with my efforts to count the money at the table a couple of times because it's just a combination of chips and organization I don't normally use. My results were just a real case of lose a little, move tables, win a little, take a break, move tables. I never really had, had anything take off positively, and I hit my negative exits and left. In fact, I haven't really had a good table this month. I had a lot of grindy, grindy, grindy. I haven't really had anything go pop, 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 and all of a sudden, boom, three, four, five days pay. And we've seen that in the past, and we'll see it in the future. Just haven't seen it so far this month. So I finished the visit down just less than a day's pay, and I stopped by the My Choice property the next day to grab a few more points and hopefully to fix that. And that's all I got was points. I didn't fix it. I took another loss before making the drive home. Ironically, as I was leaving, I found out that their governor was closing them down the next evening. So I kind of managed to sneak in and sneak out. I'm sure that this will be beneficial at some point in the future. But a losing trip and honestly about the most bleak casino trip I've made the entire time I've been sharing these trips with you. I made a couple of local visits this week. I won some money. I lost some money. I picked up some extra free this and free that. None of it was particularly special. None of it was particularly noteworthy. But I did have one experience, and it was just kind of so casino combat from a different point of view in my mind. Uh, so two guys joined me at a blackjack table, and both buy in for six table minimum bets. We played for about, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and the one guy just kind of goes, I doubled up, I'm done, color me up. And he proceeded to say that he buys in for six bets, and if he loses four, he leaves, and if he doubles his money, he leaves. If you've been listening, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know I think he's starting with a bankroll that's just a little bit too small. But his positive and negative exit points are pretty much right where they should be. Kind of right exactly what I've been advising people to use. His discipline was excellent and prompt. Got that sixth unit out the door. Not messing around, not in his head going, oh, maybe I can keep winning or maybe this. He's got his number, he's got his goal, he's out the door. Now, the other side of this was the other half of the team, right? The other guy that came up with him, the friend. So player one exits, and player two starts getting antsy. He starts getting fidgety. He's concerned about holding up his friend. He knows that his friend's done, and maybe he his friend would like to get out the door. But even though the guy with him is saying, you know, it's fine, take your time. I'm in no hurry. Play your game. Didn't work. Like three, four hands after the first guy got out, the second guy's down one whole unit. He's lost one more bet than he's won. He pushes all five units into the circle and says, either way, I'm done. I, look, I was just glad he didn't get a hand that needed to be doubled or split because that's usually where bad decisions start being made. Um, just, I, I don't know. I don't get this one. I mean, I do get it. The idea is I'm going to basically make my number or I'm going to lose it all. Not the way I would approach it. And by the way, he lost and they left. But the first gentleman was doing all the things that I think you know, cause success. If you're trying to do this for fun, it doesn't matter. The second guy was playing for fun. The first guy was playing to win. So overall, a negative two days pay at Blackjack for the week. 
a month with a lost and spent instead of a profit after expenses is certainly very possible at this point. And unlike the last time I said that in a podcast and didn't have good numbers, I have good numbers and I'm telling you that's true. We are right on the edge, kind of going into the last week here. We'll find out all the full results next episode and recap everything. So that if you want to find out how the whole month went, if you want to find out what the numbers really say, you know, listen to the next episode or if you're listening in real time, you know, pick us up next week and we'll share the results. So VIP lounge next, virtual beverages, and one of my favorite casino stories. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Come on in, VIP lounge is open. I feel like I say this both too much and not enough. One of my favorite things about the casino lifestyle is hanging out in VIP lounges, meeting old friends, meeting new friends, and swapping casino stories. It's one of the amenities that is mostly not available right now. So I really enjoy and appreciate getting to use this virtual lounge instead. Okay, sorry. Let my feelings kind of get in the way of being a good host there. Sorry about that one. Um, we have sparkling and still water, handcrafted soda, and artisanal pop, wine, beer, and the best top shelf bottles. In honor of Gabriel, I'm having a bourbon. Please help yourself either virtually or play along at home. Please don't play along in the car. Um, whether you play along at work, I- I'll leave that one up to you. <laughs> so, um, look, when my local casino opened years and years and years ago, um, in the first six months or so that they were open, so they were all kind of beginners, they were all figuring it out in terms of running the place, there was a fist fight that broke out in the high limit room, and security ended things really quickly, and interestingly, they just took both people out of the building and banned them for 24 hours, and as they're going, they're saying, but I didn't do it, I didn't start it, he started it, and they, the security just said, we don't care, you fought in the casino, we don't care who swung first, you're both out for 24 hours. So about a month goes by, and I'm in the same high-limit room playing, and a a short young man claiming to be a record producer from a big city um, hundreds of miles away, so I'm wondering what he's doing in this city, but he's betting hundreds of dollars, multiple hands at a time. They're bringing these huge glasses of wine that I never saw anybody else have, so maybe he was a record producer, and he's just glugging down huge glasses of wine after huge glasses of wine. And not a very big dude. And look, it's all fine. It's none of my business to that point. But he kept drinking and he starts losing more and he starts verbally berating the dealer who's, uh, she's under 30. Obviously she's over 21 if she's a dealer. And look, I don't mean he was just joking around. Everybody does that. Look, I'm sure that I have sometimes said to a dealer I know after a losing hand that didn't go my way. Hey, you know, Dan, you suck. But I've known Dan for years, and Dan knows that I'm just joking around, and it's really no big deal. This wasn't that. This was not that at all. What I mean was that he'd lose a hand, and he would just cuss her out up and down until the next set of hands were dealt. I mean, I coached youth sports for just a number of years, and there's a general rule with the officials. And that was that they would listen until the word you got involved. So me saying, that was a stupid call, was okay. But me saying, you're a stupid idiot, would get me tossed. Look, I like to keep this suitable for work, and I will. But his rants always involved, you are a not suitable for work word. You stupid, not suitable for work word. 
A lot of words I wouldn't use even in front of my wife. She was clearly upset. She was clearly struggling. Her co-workers were struggling. The other dealers were uncomfortable for her. And the pit boss wasn't doing a damn thing. And I don't know why. I assume he was following his procedures, but I was just stunned. This poor woman is just getting abused and berated and called words that she would just never hear in polite society. And no one's doing anything now. So we get to the point where we're going to shuffle the cards. And I've had about 20 minutes of this nonsense. So I just stand up and walk over a couple chairs and, and lean over this gentleman to talk to him. Now keep in mind, he's maybe five foot four, 140, but he's young and he's quick. And I'm just a little less than six foot. And I'm in, you need to diet aggressively, 265. I'm also old and slow, but did wrestle and train wrestlers. So anyway, I say to him in kind of a low voice, do you know what happens if I swing on you? And he looks at me and in his drunken way says, I'm going to kick your butt, old man. And I said, well, maybe, but they'll kick both of us out for 24 hours, regardless of who started the fight. And I'm willing to put up with that if necessary. I'm willing to let you kick my butt for a few minutes to stop you from abusing this woman who doesn't deserve the way you're treating her. So the next time you cuss her out, I'm swinging on you and I'm taking the beating until security breaks it up because I'm getting you kicked out. Are we clear? And I go back to my seat and he mutters something and the game resumes. And about four hands in, he can't help himself. He loses a decent sized split and he starts calling her every name in the book. And I stand up intentionally hard to knock my chair over and make a big, loud, banging, clattering, ringing, ringing, <laughs> clattering, ringing. There we go. Um, and he squares up on me and two security guards quickly arrive and stop things. And they tell him to collect his stuff. And I just say, hey, is it all right if I color up first? It'll make it easier for the table after I leave. And they say, no, just, that's fine. Just stick around here a little while. Don't leave. We think someone might want to talk to you. And so, okay, not what I was expecting. But sit down, continue my game. Young lady's obviously much happier now and very grateful, um, which is kind of the point. She didn't need to be subject to that. It's just unacceptable. Should have been handled by the house. So I stick around for a little while. Um... And a, a gentleman in a suit comes over, no security this time, and uh, asks if he can speak to me. And I say, sure, if it's all right with you, I'll just show myself out. No hassles, no arguments, no problems. When would I be allowed to return? And he says, I just want to ask a few questions. And basically, he just wanted my version of events, which I've just shared with you. And when I wrapped up, he said, yeah, we kind of thought it was something like that. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. The kind of funny post-log to all this is like about a month later, the same guy joins me at a table in this same high limit room. And I kind of look at him and he says hi and I say hi and I say, you know, you're welcome to join me and, and I'm happy to have you, but the rules haven't changed. If you abuse this dealer, I'm getting you kicked out. And he takes him in and he takes him in and he says, dude, that was you? I was so wasted. And I agreed with him and didn't really say anything else. And he quickly decided to gamble with some other people that he didn't want to gamble with me. And I also don't think I heard him abusing anybody anymore. If it isn't clear by now, or if you've not been listening very long, I enjoy knowing as much as possible about casinos and using what I know to manipulate things in small ways for myself or for others. This is just an example of that. Yeah, okay, that's a bit of a humble brag, I guess, maybe. Um, I'd like to think anybody that knew what I knew would have just done the same thing. I observed a casino behavior. I observed how a casino handled a certain situation. 
And then I used that to solve something I didn't want to put up with that none of the employees seemed to have been given the tools to deal with. No point in knowing stuff like this if you don't use it to improve the world just a little bit, right? That's the idea. So, look, there are still some casino chips coming up between now and the end of the podcast. Pretty sure you can find 12 casino chips from the beginning to the end across the entire episode. Tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a great session, if you do really well in the casino because of things I told you, you can tip your casino coach. Go to anchor.fm slash casino combat, spell it with a K, and you can donate. Don't forget, as I said, combat with a K. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. You better know by now we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everybody.